Shabbos, Per Gimel, Mishnah, Hay, 3, 5. Earlier in the parak we discussed the halachas of Eish and told of Eish, the prohibition against using direct fire to cook something or to bake something, which is the Issa Duraisa, as well as the tolda, meaning something that was heated by a fire, like a kettle, which had hot water inside of it, to put an egg inside, or on the outside for that matter, of the kettle, and use the heat stored in the kettle to cook the egg, would also be an Issa Duraisa bishel. Now we're going to go on to talk about the difference between what's become to no, be known to us as Kli Rishon, Kli Sheni, Kli Shlishi, perhaps. So, let me explain. The fire itself and the pot on the fire is what cooks normally. When you take it off the fire, the pot off the fire, and it's still hot, when I say hot, I mean more than Yad to lettuce bow, about 110 degrees Fahrenheit or so. So it's able to still cook. And if you put that egg inside the pot, which we called before the told of Aish, but now we'll call it the Kli Rishon, the first utensil. It's called the Kli Rishon because this was the actual utensil, the pot or kettle that was directly on the fire. And so long as it's still above Yod Teletus Bow in temperature, again, literally Yod Teletus Bow, the temperature at which one recoils his hand, um, but Yod Teletus is considered to be the threshold where something could still cook, at about 40, whatever, 3 degrees Celsius or so, 110 Fahrenheit, give or take, different sheetas in the Roshonim, where in the 40s of Celsius it is, excuse me, in the postkim. Be that as it may, um, that's called the clearishon. And basically, clearishon can cook um, without a problem. That's normal cooking. And if you put something inside the clearishon, you're liable to a chatas, etc. It's cooking to raisa. Now, when you pour water or food, let's just talk about, let's leave solids out. Let's talk about liquids. When you pour water out of the kettle into a cup, let's say, that cup is a clearishon. It's a second utensil, meaning this cup is full of hot water that came from the Klirishon, that was on the fire. But since it wasn't on the fire itself, it's not called a Klirishon, it's called a Klisheni. And in general, the rule is that a Klisheni doesn't cook food. Now, for many years, I scratched my head trying to figure out the difference between Klirishon and Klisheni, inasmuch as Klirishon, we're saying, can cook at 115 degrees, 120 degrees Fahrenheit, 50 degrees Celsius, whereas we're saying a Klisheni can't cook, it cannot cook, even if the water inside that klisheni is 180 degrees, even if it's you know Fahrenheit, even if it's you know 75, 80, 90 degrees Celsius, we say it cannot cook. So for years I couldn't really get my head around it. I think the only way to get your head around it is um, to understand this is this halachic status of being able to cook is a halachic phenomenon. That's we're defining halacha is defining it, and not necessarily sort of the chemical phenomenon. So that be what it is. We're saying in general, a klisheni cannot cook things. But we actually take things, meaning foodstuffs, and we divide them into three categories that Allah does. Um, there's things that are kale habishal, easily cooked. There's chomri habishal, things that are very difficult to cook. And regular foods, which are most foods, which are neither kal, easy, nor chamor, difficult to cook. So when it comes to a klisheni, we say only kale habishal, even only... Um, Easily cooked foods can be cooked inside a klisheni. Um, but things that are harder to cook, like water or oil or um, tavlin. Now, tavlin, which means spices, you knew, this gets confusing. also confused me for years. Tavlin, which means spices, is referring to, let's say, a big ginger root or a big piece of tree bark that's cinnamon. Okay, It's a big hunk of ginger. So that big hunk of ginger is difficult to cook. 
And if you put in the klisheni into your cup of tea, it may emit some ginger flavor into your tea, but it will not cook the ginger. So that's what we mean by tavlin. When in modern Hebrew, the word tavlin, um, which means spices also, you think of like, you know, finely shaved bits of oregano or something. That, of course, um, according to is easy to cook because it's nice and thin. And according to many um, poskim, if you have finely cut spices like oregano or bits of parsley or whatever it is, that's actually called kale habishal, easily cooked, like tea and so on, things that are very small flakes, thin flakes that can cook very easily with water. So this is very confounding. When the Mishnah refers to tavlin, it's considered something which is very difficult to cook, chomre habishal, and it's thinking about a big, gigantic piece of of uh, like ginger root or cinnamon or maybe even perhaps a whole onion and stuff like that, perhaps an onion. It's not thinking about the little spice that you sprinkle in um, from your spice shelf of a little bit of nutmeg that's, you know, finely powdered and so on, which could cook very easily. Okay, so we say that a Klee Rishon, yes, could cook. A Klee Shani in general cannot cook, except for things that are easily cooked, like egg or um, certain kinds of, like, you know, um, dried fish and so on, which is a little bit of hot water, so you need to make them now edible and cooked. So those are called Kaliya the problem is we've sort of lost tradition of which foods are considered to be kalihabishal. Therefore, the halacha assumes that except for that small list of things which we can confirm are difficult to cook, um, like, for example, you know, um, a big hunk of beef or something, we will assume that they are kalihabishal out of doubt and not put any foodstuffs into a klisheni for fear that it could get cooked. Now, Tulsus, I, I should have said this before, perhaps, a rationale why, he gives a rationale why it should be that a klisheni can't cook wires, a klirishon could cook. Tulsus suggests the idea is that there's a lot of heat stored up inside the walls of the container of a klirishon. So it keeps on kind of getting, like, reinforced the heat. Whereas if you pour hot water into the cup, the teacup rapidly, you know, the cup itself is cold, it absorbs some of the heat, and then the heat dissipates quite quickly. So, um, we're assuming that a klisheni can't cook most foods, although because of the chumrah, we're not sure what are considered to be kalihabishal. We treat most foods as being kalihabishal, and we do not put them into a klisheni at all. Um, in case you're wondering, when you pour water out of a klirishon, doesn't it's not considered to be a klisheni until it gets into the container where the walls are sort of sucking its temperature away. So if you pour from a klirishon, from the kettle, directly onto food, that's called irui klirishon, pouring out of a klirishon, and we say that also could cook at least the outer layer, like an, a thin layer of the food that gets poured the hot water on from the klirishon, uh, that thin outer layer could get cooked, and um, therefore we definitely do not do that. We do not pour directly from a klirishon onto food. Um, as far as the klisheni goes, um, so now it becomes a bit of a question. If you take the klisheni and you pour it into a klishlishi, a third container, so there's many who say this cannot cook at all, like the cooking possibilities in a klishlishi are nil, and you could even put kalehebishal, easily cook things, and shlishli, and not be afraid. That's a Ramosha Paskins. Um, and therefore, according to Ramosha, you could say, like, to put a tea bag into a klishlishi, no problem, because even if even if tea is a kalehebishal, easily cooked, but a klishlishi simply can't cook. Others learn that no, other poskim learn that no, even in a klishlishi, and for that matter, there's no special thing about shlishi. Same with a ravi and a chamishi. The point is, as long as the water is still yatso lettuce bow, and it's hot, um, it could cook kalehabishal in regardless of it's a klishlishi and so on, and therefore you could not put tea 
like a tea bag, tea inside a klishlishi. It doesn't matter if it's disallowed. That's how the Mishnah Bura Paskins, and many are machmer like that. Um, so some homes make tea on Shabbos, and some homes only use tea scents that they pre-made the tea into liquid on Shabbos. Okay, that's not for now. Um, but putting that aside, those are our different levels of kalim, if you will, on Shabbos. Now, I'm interested to discuss that explicitly. It starts up by saying, Hamecham, if you have a, a kettle, let's say, Shepinahu, that you removed from the fire. This can be confusing. I don't even want to expl- explain why it could be confusing. Pinahu means removed from the fire. Okay? It doesn't mean emptied out. So it's a clear rishon still. You cannot put cold water into that kettle so that the cold water should be heated up. Because if you did that, the clear rishon still could cook. And even though water is considered to be something that's not easily cooked, it certainly can be brought to being above to lettuce, in which case you've now cooked the water and you'd be over the love doraisa. So don't do that. What you could do is pour a lot of cold water into the kettle, which would then make the whole mixture now be just warm water, less than yato lettuce. You can also let's say lukewarm water or just warm water, not hot water. And that would be okay because you're not cooking any water. Nothing's been cooked. And that'll be just fine. Again, water is sort of cook resistant, so you, that's why it's lenient to pour it in like that. Um, no problem. And as for a coast, this is a little confusing. So we understand that the kettle was a clearishon. The coast is a clicheni. So according to what I just said, there should be no reason at all why you can't put any water inside a clicheni because water is not easily cooked. Um, and that indeed is the halacha. Um, uh, according to the Bartanura, this tana holds that a klisheni could cook. And that's why it lumps them together, and it's saying you can't put water into a klirishan or klisheni unless you're putting enough water that the resultant mixture should be not yotzo lettuce, so you're not actually cooking the water you're adding. So the bartender learns that the coast is the same, and the bartender learns that a klisheni also could cook a little bit of water, um, but the bartender himself says that's just the ton of this part of the Mishnah, but actually the halacha and later on the Mishnah disagrees with that. Okay, fine. Ha'ilfas, if you have a I'll translate that as a pan. The kadera, I'll translate that as a pot. Meaning those are the utensils you put directly on the fire, on the stove. Sheheevirin mirutuchan. And mirutuchan. You, you, sorry, I should say murutachin. You remove them while they're still, you know, bubbling, boiling hot. So there's now you have a clear rishon off the fire. That being the case, it could cook. Therefore, lo yiten lesochan tavlin. You shouldn't put your tavlin even things like the ginger root, which is resistant to cooking. But since you're putting it into clearishon, and the clearishon, which was on the fire, so it's a lettuce bow, it could still cook that piece of ginger, the tavlin. And that would be the What you could do is um, decant. You could pour out the liquid from, let's say the soup, whatever it is, that's inside this pot or pan, put it into a ka'ara. Ka'ara is like a, a serving, like a plate, you know, a person's bowl that he drink, eats out of. Otoch tamchui. A tamchui is like a, a a serving dish that multiple people eat out of the dish. Like what you do in the same Shabbos. You take your chalant, you put it out of the chalant pot, which is a klirishon, into the serving dish on the table, whatever that is, that's called the tamchui. So a klisheni is not able to cook, and therefore says the mission here, well, you should not, you may not put your tavlin, your ginger root, let's say, into the klirishon, the pot or pan directly. You could put it into the plate or the serving bowl, no problem, because um, it can't cook as a cliché. 
Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Lekol who knows, and Rabbi Yehuda says, you could even put those things, meaning the tavlin, for example, the spice, the ginger root, into a clear rishon, because he holds, once it's off the fire, it can't cook anymore. No problem. Um, unless what's cooking inside the pot contains some catalyst which would make it, you know, facilitate the easier cooking of the food. Um, for example, chomets, which is vinegar, it's acidic, or tzir, which is fish brine, also um, something which would sort of soften and ready up the, let's say, the ginger to be cooked faster. Okay, that's the Mishnah, that's the Din. In case you're scratching your head wondering, wait a second, um, when I take, I know the rules, you can't take chillant out of a serving dish and put on your plate with your lettuce, your salad for Shabbos, because you're afraid it could cook the salad, which is true for Ashkenazim. And the reason why is something kind of unrelated. There's a marshal, which we're mocking for, that a davar gush, a clump of food, retains its heat for a long time, doesn't let out its heat into like the walls of the container, and actually, essentially, that big hunk of potato you pull out of the chillant, um, or chicken piece of, you know, a chicken thigh or a meatball or something all these kind of things there's big clumps of heated food on your plate they're still retaining their heat for a long time and therefore they function as a clearishon and therefore you still can't put you know your your pepper onto your chalent's potato even though it's on your plate because we're afraid that the potato still has a status like a clearishon that's how ashkenazim are machmer and that's the din for sephardim not um so that's something separate because we're treating this davar gush this clump of food as if it were still clearishon. Um, fine. That's then. Just finally, the thing about salt important. So salt is not clear how salt is categorized. Some say salt is very resistant to cooking, um, and therefore you could sprinkle your salt on no problem. Even the potato, um, clearishon like that. Others say no salt is 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 readily cooked. And that being the case, you couldn't sprinkle your salt on the potato, um, or in the in the pot for that matter. Um, the Halacha is only lamaisa if you're talking about salt that's um, not coming from the ocean, which has sort of been cooked to evaporate and produce the salt. So most salt is called sea salt, and it's not a problem at all together. If you buy the fancy Himalayan rock salt that was never um, boiled, then according to many shvimach, we're not put that salt directly onto your onto your uh, davar gush, your potato, and so onto the, the pot or pan, um, because that salt could still get cooked.